Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and one of those crucial conversations coming up now with Representative Chris Stewart uh, from the great state of Utah. And we often complain about uh, the lack of bipartisan efforts or the inability to to really come together around uh, critical issues. And uh, this is an issue that is so vital, uh, dealing with uh, how we improve mental health for young adults in our country. And Representative Chris Stewart is leading a bipartisan effort. Uh, they are reintroducing a, a piece of legislation uh, with uh, Congressman Lou Correa, Democrat from California, on the Senate side, uh, Senator uh, Kristen Sinema, Democrat from Arizona, and John Kennedy, Republican from Louisiana, on the bill. And uh, Representative Chris Stewart joins us on the line. Representative, thanks for joining us today. It's always great to be with you. You know, Boyd, when you knew me when I first came to Congress, I did not know at that point that I was going to get so deeply involved in mental health and suicide prevention. And uh, I'm just so glad I've been given this opportunity because it turns out that there's a lot of people who are hurting, a lot of people who need help, and sometimes they don't know how to get that help. And that's what we're trying to do is just reach a hand out to some of these folks. And by the way, I love the way you introduce this. There's a saying, I don't know where this came from, but I love it. Common sense is common ground. Mm-hmm. And at a time when Everything is contentious, and everything is harder than it should be. Uh, this is one area where we really can work together. We really can be bipartisan, and we can actually you know, help some people and make a difference. Yeah, it's, it's so vital, and I, I love that. Common sense is common ground, and that is, that is the place to start. And especially as we look at uh, what's taken place over the past year, I think it has shown a, a spotlight on some of the great strengths of our country. It's also shown a light on areas where we may not have been playing, paying close enough attention. Uh, and especially with our young people coming out of this pandemic, uh, improving mental health is so vital. So uh, tell us, Congressman, what, what is in this bill? What are some of the things that are crucial in terms of, in terms of as you say, getting that help uh, to our young people? Yeah. Well, and before I, I do that, and I, and I want to tell you about the bill, but I think you've said some things that are just worth reemphasizing, and that is I don't think that we we may never know, and we certainly don't know right now, the the emotional toll that the last year has taken on young kids mm-hmm. and, and our youth and, and our, teen, uh, our teenagers, young adults. Uh, I mean, everything from the obvious disruption in schooling. Look, if you're 16 or 17 years old, you can probably be, you have a pretty effective schooling experience online. But if you're six or seven years old yeah. or five, you probably can't. Uh, and I mean, and just the world as it shifted under the feet of all of us. I, I, again, I don't think that we know 
how difficult that has been for some of our young people. But we do know this, that it has had a serious and immeasurable toll on mental health, and it's had a serious and immeasurable toll on suicide, and it's all been in the wrong direction. And by the way, here in Utah, a lot of times, Boyd, we think, well, you know, that's a problem for California or New York or, you know, Illinois. I mean, this is a deep problem here in Utah. We were the number number five in the in the union on our on our rate per capita of suicide. That that surprises a lot of people. Now, the good news is is that we're moving in the right direction. Over the last three years, we've actually reversed that trend and we've made a very positive step forward. Nine eight eight, the suicide prevention hotline number that we did last year, was an important part of that. But now to get to your, your question about this bill, it's really pretty simple, which is why it, it, it's going to be effective and why it's bipartisan. It just directs funding within the CDC to to focus on mental health of youth and suicide prevention of our youth and uh, eliminating self-harm among our youth. So I could go into the details and get, you know, probably more than you and, and your listeners want to know. But I mean, that's the focus of it, to inc- improve coordination between the this Center for Disease Control and the federal government and states and local communities and directs them to focus more on the mental health and the suicide prevention of our youth than we have been doing for the last, uh, well, decades, really, and especially critically now, as, as we've said, coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, I, and it is so vital. There are so many that do feel disconnected and and we're going to remind everyone, whether you're listening and feeling disconnected or you know somebody you sense is disconnected, reach out. Uh, If you're struggling, if you're in trouble, uh, if you're thinking maybe the world would be a better place without you in it, uh, stick with us and link arms and come together. There's, there are better days ahead. And if you have anyone in your family, in your neighborhood that you are sensing, don't guess, don't hesitate, uh, reach out because this is something that we have to do together uh, Congressman, I was I was reading something this morning, and I wanted to get your response to this. This was from uh, our good friend Yuval Levin, who I know you've done some work with as well uh, over at AEI. He talked about the difference of uh, communication versus communion. That uh, during the pandemic, we're we're really good at communication. We can you know we can we can tweet and we can post and we can do social media and we can text and do all of that. But this idea of communion of coming together and connecting and doing things together, common goals, common ground, uh, as you said, uh, is really what we're lacking in the country and maybe the most important thing for us to be united moving forward. Yeah. Well, and I hadn't, hadn't read the piece, but I certainly am sympathetic to, you know, the way you've described it. And it's something that many of us have deeply missed, whether it's the ability to sit next to our friends in church and to and you know to share that communion that shared spiritual bond, whether it's to you know sit next to someone at a jazz game, yeah, and just to enjoy the community, the feeling of you know we're we're, we're neighbors and we all cheer for the jazz and we want to come here and just have fun. I mean, it, the spectrum is wide of how that communion has been interrupted, and some of it is the pandemic, but boy, some of it's not. Some mm. of it's just the fracturing of our society where, as I started out saying, at a time when everything is political, everything is divisive, everything is designed to kind of to put people in their tribes. 
And uh, look, that's just not a happy place for most most people to be. It's just not a healthy place for most people to be. We want to have that interaction with each other. And we want to feel like our neighbors are not bad people. We want to feel like, well, you know, because he voted for Donald Trump, he's got to be a bad person. Or because he voted for Biden, he's a bad person. We can't take our politics to such an extreme. Now, look, I get it, Boyd. We're fighting for the heart and soul of our country. You and I both understand that. But uh, but we've got to make sure that at the end of that fight, that the heart and the soul still exist in our country. And the only way we do that is if we're better to each other than we've been. And we don't presume the worst in people like it's become so common to do. Yeah, uh, such uh, such great insight. And all of that uh, ties into all of our mental health <laughs> uh, in, yeah. in terms of, of where we are. Well, as, as you look at this piece of legislation introducing uh, just some, some practical tacticals there as we close out today, uh, what is the path forward? What do you what do you see likely in terms of forward movement on this? Well, it's going to pass. There's no question. We we got it. Uh, it passed the House in the last uh, Congress, which you know was in, in a Democratic majority. Again, we've got as many Democrats supporting this as Republicans. We've got support in the Senate. Uh, it's a little bit like the 988 bill. It takes longer than we we wish it would, and we get frustrated sometimes. But I'm certain that sometime this spring, this will be on the president's desk, and we'll be able to sign this legislation. And and as I said, redirect the efforts of the federal government to something. That which they haven't focused on, that they need to focus on, and that's the mental health and the mental well-being of particularly our youth, our, our young people. Oh, fantastic. This is a, uh, a great work. Uh, this is one of the things that we don't talk enough about in terms of what does get done in Washington. Uh, Representative Chris Stewart, we appreciate your leadership and your voice and your efforts uh, in this crucial area of mental health, especially for our young people. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, sir. All right, again, that's Representative Chris Stewart uh, on the line with us today. And again, uh, regardless of who you are or where you are, uh, you are not alone in this. And let's link arms and uh, move forward. If you need help, reach out. If you know someone who needs help or you think might need some help, reach out. Uh, This is the time uh, to act and to do that. Uh, Great piece of legislation by Representative Chris Stewart. All right. As uh, we round out hour number one, uh, again, so important to, to look at where we are. And you're going to want to stay with us. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to be joined by Tim Schreiber, uh, who uh, has a new book uh, called The Call to Unite, uh, talking about how we come together. Uh, some important things in terms of uh, some of the initiatives the First Lady of the state of Utah is engaged in, in terms of showing up and engaging And uh, then we're going to talk about a speech he's going to deliver at UVU on civility and what we need to do to reunite uh, in our communities. That's what it's all about. Stay with us. Much more to come in hour number two. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.